Hello, hello. Hola. Welcome to another episode of Beyond the Recipe, a blue cheese podcast. Hola. Once again, I'm Salma and I'm here with the chef. Kiko. <laughs> Why are you so flamboyant? Like this episode, what's happening? Hola. <laughs> Wagwan. Ah, Wagwan. My mom, my mom is, is complaining that I'm not in the house. I'm always going out. I'm not in the house to cook. That's the important part. I'm not in the house to cook. Mm, but COVID day, your job I'm to not, them say every day for work. So you're <laughs> also. I'm not. I'm, uh, uh, is, even when I'm in, I work from home. Cause, so I am in the house. I am just constantly busy. Yeah, I know. It's annoying. I hate it with all my heart. Yeah, but my mom doesn't understand. <laughs> she says it's a skill and I'll forget. You will forget. You cook. have me. She she mentioned the husband bits in there about how, you know, I'll go to my husband's house and I'll be able to do then 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 and I'll just, I just like, you know, I Even can't. if you don't even if you don't mind, don't worry. Fresh course. We'll do refresh course before <laughs> you mind. Like just just put some like five K aside. Ah. But you're not marrying me, so I won't give you a discount. Ah. Five K, ten class course. We, we 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 like we have history. What is that? You, you know, <laughs> please. What fun thing have you cooked this week? Um, oh, I got red grouper. My seafood plug is the best. Like, shout out to my seafood plug, seafood <laughs> hub close to um, farmers market on the cemetery road. If oh, you're okay. facing the farmers market on the cemetery road, the East Legon farmers market, yeah, East Legon. There are two stores away, like. They have the very, at least for me, I don't know, maybe they are better deals, but I've I've got very good deals from them when it comes to seafood. So, yeah, they have all the things you need. And I got some red grouper, so I I treated the red grouper like the way they treat the catfish at Senko Venue. At Senko Venue. Obviously, it was my pepper. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I, I, I literally baked it in the foil. Oh, and then you cut the foil open. And then mm-hmm. I served them with sweet potato fries, because... Gang, gang. They're spoiling the boys. They are not boys. They are men. They They're need boys. To, they need to They're eat children. Like <laughs> my boys need to. My boys need to eat like men. You know. They are men. children. Please, they are not children. Please, let's let's respect ourselves. Uh, <laughs> okay, today, today, what are we talking about today? We are talking about what you do every day: writing <laughs> and. Uh, rice and rice. Yeah, I love rice. Rice is the best thing ever. I can I eat could, rice every day for the I, rest of my life. I, yes, for the rest of like <laughs> in different ways. Sometimes, Seth, the same way. Yeah. for the rest of my life, yeah. rice was awesome. Yeah, if I've been uh, eating rice at least once a week, I feel weird. It's one, one, once. At least once. I at beg least. you. I beg you. I beg you. I beg you. <laughs> at least. I beg once. you. I eat rice at least three, four times a week. Because you're always buying check, check. That's besides the point. <laughs> Rice is actually um, the most consumed carbohydrate in the world. Mm-hmm. I mean, the Chinese, I'm sure the Chinese are only like 30% of all the rice because those people eat a lot of like, oh my God. Who are the people who throw rice at weddings? Is it Chinese? I don't really like weddings, so <laughs> I don't know anything about like rice those. weddings. No, I would, like they throw I, I, rice I don't at want, weddings. I do not want, please find out and let me know. I do not want to be at a wedding where they are throwing rice. It looks how does it look fun? You're throwing food away. It's it's raw. Does that not make it food? It's sim- it's to symbolize rain and a sign of prosperity and fertility. Get and a fortune. get a super soaker. <laughs> get a super soaker. Yeah, like rain. Or, I Apparently, don't know, symbol- it's a Celtic wedding tradition. Celtic. 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 Um, no, Celtic. Irish. Celtic. Celtic. Really? That's how we say it. Yeah, the Celts. My bad. Celtics is the basketball team. Oh, for goodness sake. 
the podcast boy is winning. Oh god. <laughs> but yes, basically, today is all about rice. Emu, emu, uh, I kind of want to throw it at my wedding now. N- nobody's throwing rice. Okay, maybe I don't marry me. So the 5k, <laughs> like I said, the 5k. <laughs> yeah. Ah, okay, rice and writing. I think the reason why we picked rice and put it together with writing because in my mind anyway, Rice is kind of like words. It just depends on how you put it together and present it. So today, the podcast is by some direction. Hey, Charlie. All I'm coming. Hey, Kiko, what do we use rice for? Please, it's for jollof. Then I'll give you what jollof is. <laughs> and then she'll do the rest of the podcast. People say they want to hear your talk. Today is her podcast. Hey, wow. Today, I'm, I'm the guest. Welcome to Salma's podcast. Oh, my God. Oh, <laughs> uh, anyway, yes. So, rice. What... I don't want to say what is rice, because that's a dumbass question. <laughs> if you don't know what rice is, I'm sorry. Yeah. But why is rice probably the most consumed thing in the world? I personally think it's because of storage. Okay. It's it's so easy to st- like. I mean, it's not easy to store, obviously. But because it's dry, I mean, corn will get dry but corn we get weevils and all those things mm-hmm. I, I've seen rice gets no I've seen rice with bugs yes. but I've never seen rice with holes like there can be bugs in the rice and they'll end up making the rice a bunch of powder and other things yeah. and you wash all of oh, that off away, yeah. but I've never seen oh, okay. a like grain in, like of rice way, with a hole in it like the way you see beans with holes in exactly. it exactly no, okay. I don't know I genuinely don't know why it is the most eating thing also because I think because of grow. storage it's not that easy to grow. Okay. I personally think rice, to me, is one of those things that can take on any flavor you give it. It's a universal flavor acceptor. It takes anything from garlic to sugar. Well, it takes anything. that's because when you cook it, even without salt, it's just like, exactly. there's no character. There's nothing. So it's, it's, just... an, it's a, you know, I don't think there's a scientific word for it. That's what I call them because mm-hmm. I like chemistry. So I call them the universal flavor acceptors they take anything i cook very strange things with rice because i know that the base has no real flavor so i mean there are rice that there's rice that has its own like distinct flavor that mm-hmm. different kinds of rice, rice yeah. there's like brown rice doesn't taste like white rice so i think all we are talking about right now the universal flavor acceptor is white rice okay right because i know black rice has its own taste yeah there's black wild rice How, as it is grown black it's black the the greens of the rice are black. Okay. And yeah. okay. I'll, I'll, I'll there's some as max mats. Oh okay. I'll buy some and show you. Yes, wild rice grows black. Um there's, there's brown rice. There's brown rice, there's short green, medium green, long, long green. green, there's basmati. I don't even know why people call basmati rice long green, because it's obviously longer than every other rice. Well, it's still long, so like long. Basketball green. players and regular human beings like Oh god. It's it's like should be longest green or something. Because it's too like what is this rice? Why is it so long? But yeah, long green rice. There are different kinds of long green. There's the regular one we see like I think Omi said Vietnamese rice. Oh, okay. Hey, we should have brought Omi onto this podcast since he's the only, they're this thing, the rice expert. We <laughs> need to be a little racist because he's Asian. No, he actually <laughs> he actually works for a company. Oh yeah, he does work for a company. He is literally the rice, rice master. Expert. He's literally the rice master. Oh my God, Bombay the rice master. Yes. Bombay. <laughs> but yes, the way you describe rice as being accepting of almost anything and everything except for the ones with particular favor yeah. is the same way I think about writing words are words 
it just depends on how you put it together and the in this case emotion the flavor in this case probably the emotion you put behind it mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. this that's very real in, in terms of spoken word and poetry and all of that so I feel like even with prose the the emotion and stuff there is emotion because like when i'm reading novels some of the emotions the they feel over me a novel, bro? <laughs> yes when you're reading novels <laughs> i was actually thinking 2011 hey, hey. The last novel I read was last month. It was destroying my life. When I when I'm reading a novel, I can't do anything else. If I no finish, I can't do anything else. Imagine I was reading a novel and I had to make breakfast, and I'm like, no, I have to finish this chapter. I'll be dead by now. But I I read all the time. Yeah, I, I still re- work. So you see, the re- it's like how I watch YouTube videos instead of movies. I read short things that will end, so that when I start reading and I finish it, oh, I'm done. Article is cool. Recipe is cool. Short literature on some dish. It's cool. A friend of mine gave me shout out to Fanti Farm. Shout out to yeah. I don't know. I don't. I don't know how to put her name. Okay, let's just say Fanti Farm. Yes. She gave me two books I've been looking for forever, and they're long. I'm afraid to start reading them, especially because it's about cooking. When I start, everything's going to go to shit. So balance, balance. You can balance it out. I always try to balance I, it out. I'll balance the food. Let's let's. <laughs> My life is doesn't need to be balanced. I beg ah, you. Okay, <laughs> let's talk about rice literally being eaten at every time of the day. Because you can eat rice as breakfast, lunch, and supper. Yeah. If you are determined to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm being determined to. If you're in a country where there's famine and all there's rice, you can still eat variety. Yeah. Yeah. You can eat it as breakfast, as lunch, as dinner, as dessert. Breakfast, what? Rice pudding. Rice pudding is just a dadaba version of rice water. Okay. It's basically a richer creamer rice water. Okay. That's basically what rice pudding is. For lunch? You, no, can, you can actually eat a pudding for lunch, depending on what kind of pudding it is. If you make a savory pudding. Yes. How many kinds of breakfast dishes can you make out of rice? So many things. It's, you really are limited by your imagination. Especially when it comes to rice. Yeah. I can cook rice, puree the rice, add vegetables to it, make like a pancake out of it. A rice pancake. Rice stuff is kind of alcohol because yeah. sake is rice. Yeah, I think they ferment it's as well. Yeah, they do, they do something to the rest. I don't know anything about rice wine. It's too deep. I tried to learn. It's, just, it's way more complicated than I thought it was. Yeah, it's way more complicated. Yeah. And yeah. also, those yeah. people who made it must have been really determined to be drunk. <laughs> like, really, it's the really same. determined it's the same. to be drunk. Cause I feel like people have always wanted to be drunk. <laughs> Cause like I saw them making palma and I was like, really? That's oh, pito. Like, I've seen them make pito. That, and like palma and bro, did like the, the palm tree has to die for a certain amount of time, and they come and do some elevation, and there's something where they come and put fire. They make a hole somewhere, then they come in. Bro, it's like the it's t- not like the palm. They just cut the palm. Oh, wine. Like it's a whole job. So the determination to be drunk has been strong for, for eons. For all kinds of people <laughs> in the world, Asia, Africa, America. Obia pensa, cause yeah. Every 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 region has its own kind of local yeah. alcohol yeah. made out of something exactly. found around them. Yeah. So and I think greens make whiskey. I think whiskey is made from greens too. Pito is made from greens. Beer is made. From, I think greens make good um, fermentation stuff to make wine and other things. So it, mm. yeah, it makes sense. So for the rice as breakfast, you in fact. I don't think we should 
if we make that, we are we are going to suffer a lot because we should really leave it to your imagination. So let's give an example. Like I said, a rice pancake. Mm-hmm. You can make a rice pancake. You can make a rice pudding. Mm-hmm. You can desiccate your rice, toast it, and get rice krispies. Explain desiccation. Please. Desiccation is literally removing the water from the rice. There's not much water left. Exactly. Room. Yeah. So, so that, how, how would you how would so you rice krispies? Oh, to like sort of dry it out and get so it to it to like popcorn. When you oh, the okay. more it desiccates, the I think the um, I'm not sure, but I think the starch is best out of the shell in which it is, and then it becomes like a popcorn. Fluffy, a popcorn. That's but, how do you? So, so, so how I, would you desiccate it? They have machines and stuff. Oh, like that. Okay, I don't think they make rice awesome. krispies in someone's backyard. Snap, crack a But yes. Yeah. So like, I'm sure like they make it. There's a way to do it. I don't know if it's as easy as corn. Where mm-hmm. you know how there's popcorn and just buy popcorn and make your popcorn. I don't think you can make that. But basically, you can make rice into a cereal. Mm-hmm. Rice krispies. Rice krispies. Even with the the rice, you can with rice water. You can use this whole grain. My mom, when my mom is making rice water, she grinds the rice in a spice mill. Mm-hmm. So it's like a powder. And okay. then she makes like cocoa out of it. Oh yeah, I've seen um, mothers make cocoa out of rice for kids. Yes. Yeah. So it's like the when they are starting out to give food to kids because it's bland enough, and you can add whatever you want to make so it. So there's that, and you know, if I make that, means I'm going to throw raisins and other things in there. Like you're not giving raisins to a baby. No, no. Oh, but yes, okay. For I mean. myself. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I told you, your children there four years now. Come back. Ah. You're, please continue. Yes, so as breakfast, yeah, those things. Um, the more common thing for most of us, really, if I ask breakfast, let's add watch it. Because, like, I was having an argument on the timeline <laughs> a while ago. Not an argument, I was just trying to be devil's advocate. And technically, I, I personally do believe that breakfast is not about the time of day, it's more about the time you're eating, in the sense that if you have fast. exactly, if you haven't eaten for a certain amount of time, like six hours or eight hours. You are technically having a breakfast. Yeah, technically breaking your fast. Yes, and I think to make it more sensible, we should call it the first meal of oh, the day after a long fast. Yeah, that's too so long. What if someone is doing? If I'm doing intermittent fasting, my breakfast can be at four o'clock. Yes. It doesn't mean it's breakfast. I understand that we've breakfast put it in the morning. for regular human life. <laughs> no, no, no. For like someone who is yeah, living a regular a life, your I breakfast will be in the morning. Yeah. Before and it has made it, yeah, it has made it sort of like typecast to mean that breakfast is a morning meal, but it's not the way I see it. Well, then, if you do that, then when is your lunch and when is your dinner? Or you yeah. don't have lunch and dinner? Charlie, lunch and dinner, dear me, I don't know. I okay. think those ones are time based, but I'm talking about breakfast and breakfast only, please. I beg, <laughs> okay, you can okay. have late lunch. So, if you have lunch at nine o'clock in the evening, you can call it late lunch. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> rice as okay, let's let's classify watch it as breakfast. Yeah, I don't traditionally I, don't, I like evening watch it though. That shit's crazy. Shout out to the evening watch guys. <laughs> like Mukasi chick. <laughs> rice as lunch. Rice as lunch, dear, is yeah, standard. Everything everything Angwamu, we do in Ghana. Jollof. Jollof. How do you relate that to writing though? Well, is there really Again. a time? Is there really a time of day to read certain books? I mean, I only want to read a horror book at night. <laughs> I read a horror book at night once, and it was an essay, and I was scared. And it was interview with a vampire. Never again. Oh my god, there were monkeys in your school. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, how would I compare that? Okay, for me personally, 
there are certain not times of day but certain periods i read certain things depending on what i want to know or because nowadays i've stopped reading just because i want to read a book and i've started reading because i want to take note of how an author does certain things so i would read i read midnight sun which is the continuation of the twilight okay it's the first twilight book from edward's point of view and honestly a lot of people i told i was reading that book my brother especially was like it's pointless it's literally the same book i said this i'm like <laughs> it's literally the same book what are you doing man? a different perspective but, but i was reading it because i thoroughly enjoyed the first four books no forget about the movies please i thoroughly enjoyed the first yeah, four I, books. I, I enjoyed the books too <laughs> exactly and i was interested to see the way stephanie mayer would turn the, ca- the the character's point of view so that you can see everything that was happening in book one but from a totally different set of eyes and it changes the book completely mm-hmm. you, you might not see it that way but for me it was like oh wow so when he was talking here that's what he was thinking ah makes sense and it's it ties a lot of things together it answers a lot of questions so i would read a non-fiction book when i want um i want to do research for how an author does certain things i would read um an autobiography when i'm interested in a particular person's life i would read spoken word when i'm feeling very emo shout out to prince mm-hmm. <laughs> like, okay so like you mean in the same light where i feel like eating something peppery so it's like I'm spicy jollof. Yes. Or I feel like eating something creamy, but I want to eat rice, so I'd eat a rice pudding. Exactly. Or I feel like eating. I I see. I see. Eating, exactly. So, so it's more like moods. More like moods. Exactly. Okay. So at the end of the day, it's still the words I'm reading. Still whatever I'm reading. But it's still literature. But it's based on my mood I'll, or what I want to learn today okay. or what I want to inform myself about today. An article is considered reading. Also, shout out to Omi. Omi has been really making sure that I keep up with the articles I read unintentionally. Bombay! <laughs> so please keep doing that. Thank you. <laughs> so yeah, it really depends on what I want for myself when I'm reading for that day. Okay. I get it. I, I, I see how you can relate that to what we are doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but... um, So... Outside of your mood, mm-hmm. right... I feel like, for me mm-hmm. personally, I look at what I'm reading based on the time I have. See, rice is that thing that you can cook for 25 years. Okay, 25 years is an exaggeration. But you can cook rice for a long time. Like, jollof is a very arduous rice process. Yeah. Jollof, biryani, those things are very paella. They, no paella doesn't even take as long. Really? Like jollof, the the stew alone be well cool. Oh yeah. This, me, my stew is going to stay on the fire for three hours. My stew hours. doesn't stay as long as Kiko stew stays on fire. But I feel like it's all part of it. So if I don't have me personally, if I don't have Time? six hours to spare, <laughs> which I kind of almost always have when it comes to, <laughs> if I don't have six hours to spare, I'll make rice and shuto, which is actually. My favorite thing to eat. Or grounded pepper. Oof. I, I, I don't really like grounded pepper. Like, I do. I like when you mix it with shito. Plain rice with my mother's shito. Oh, and, okay. And, and boiled egg. egg. Mm. That's my favorite thing to eat. I can eat that every day of because my life. Because your mom's shito is basically stew, bro. That will burn you. <laughs> she will kill you if she ever hears it. No, like, I mean, I don't mean it in a way like it is stew. As in, it's... You know there's some pepper that when you put into your mouth, 
you don't want to taste it again. Like, it's hot. Yeah. Like, it's nice, but it's hot. Yeah. I, I understand that torture is a part of the Ghanaian eating experience. <laughs> I understand that. I vibe with it. That's cool. But there's a um, shit that when you put into your mouth, you're like, I have to eat this. With, I can't just... Your mother should I can just pick a spoon and put it in my mouth and just, yeah, a day, yeah. a bit. I see, I see what you mean. You guess it. It's hot, though. Yeah, it's extremely hot. Yeah. But um, for time, like, so do you... Would you... Would you... Uh, I think... I don't know. For time? In the sense that... Um, what do I read when I have the time? Like, it depends you, on the time yeah. I have. Is it really read or having write? Or write. Ha. Huh. Okay. If you don't go, have... Because you're a writer, so... If you don't... Okay. If you don't have... For instance, if you don't have a lifetime to dedicate, don't create a world. Don't do world building. If you know you're going to get bored... Don't do world building. So if you don't have six hours, don't do jello. Basically, if you know you're not going to be able to dedicate the time to build each character and build, oh, especially if it's a fancy universe. Oh yeah, like it took Tolkien years during and after a war to do Lord of the Rings. You understand? If poetry, poetry, I would take less time than I would flash fiction. Okay, let's say flash fiction is the shortest. Flash fiction, I would take thirty to 45 minutes to do it just because I'm picky and I'll reread it 10,000 times and take out so a rice, lot of rice things. So Exactly. Basically, rice and shuto. Exactly. Um, if I am doing copy work because I do advertising, I would take a little longer because the client has certain things he wants to communicate mm-hmm. and I have a boss who has to check over the things I do and to go back and forth a lot. So that would be two to three hour work. I'm creating a calendar for somebody for September or October. That would take a while. That would take two to three hours. You've you've seen me do that before. Because you need to go back and forth and be like, this works for the um, accounts, this doesn't, and all of that. So that would take... But obviously, it won't take as long as writing a novel. A novel okay. could take you your whole lifetime. Okay. So so let's say a novel is what? Rice wine? Rice wine yes. vinegar? Yes. It needs attention. It needs time. It needs patience. It needs all the available time you can give it. Which is why some people would think about a book and they will never actually put it down because time like life is hard and they don't really have the time to put all of that down you get it so yeah a, a novel or a world that you're building would be kind of like rice wine or rice is it rice wine vinegar yeah, that's rice wine vinegar. exactly because you need to dedicate your time to it flash fiction is something you can do in your spare time and post whenever you have the time to post it because it won't take you as long it will take you a fraction a way less fraction of your day to put together and post than writing a book would okay um today you're asking all the questions eh? yeah <laughs> what's your okay for me right mm-hmm. my as much as you said words are words mm-hmm. right and depending on how, how you, you put, put it, it together, together, rice is also rice. Depending on what you're cooking with it. Mm-hmm. I like to borrow um, techniques and structures mm-hmm. and flavors from different mm-hmm. worlds. Mm-hmm. So take, for example, garlic basil rice. Mm-hmm. Garlic basil rice is me taking the fact that garlic and basil goes well in a pesto and forcing it into rice. Yes, okay. But because to accept everything, we'll take it and then it comes out as what it came out as and we enjoy it. Does that also happen in writing? Writing, as in like the ability to borrow? Yeah. Literally all the time. Because let's say if I'm working, right, and I have to do 
something for I'm sorry I'm going to say soup because all I think about at work is soup all day long <laughs> different kinds of soup let's just leave the soup let's just leave soup. it at that let's yeah. just say soup so if I would does that um, mean you like Naira Mali pardon does that mean you like Naira Mali moving on <laughs> I just I just had to ask I'm sorry so if it's that I would I would go I would do um, what's my immediate boss maja hi maja would call um, reference gathering so i would go on different sites and look for how people are advertising their things on social media and borrow elements oh i like the way they said this or oh, i like the art direction of this or oh, i like same way would go into writing a novel a lot of fantasy i'm sorry i say fantasy a lot but it's the love of my life i love it too much a lot of fantasy is built on <laughs> a lot of fantasy is built on the way Tolkien wrote Lord of the Rings. If you if you think you if you disagree you can go and bend the ocean. <laughs> But a lot of <laughs> a lot of fantasy is built on the way Tolkien wrote Lord of the Rings. And there's nothing wrong with that. A lot of the description of orcs we get even in movies and cinema and series and all of that literally comes from the way Tolkien described them. So borrowing and all of that happens way too often. And I think it's actually rather healthy because there's really nothing new under the sun, technically yeah. speaking. So you should be allowed to borrow aspects of something to create something new. That's just the way life is. But do do writers and stuff also like guard their secrets? You know how like people have a problem with me sharing my recipe. <laughs> But you'll never do it the same way. I I personally believe that if I tell you, I always leave something strange that I feel like is not meant for public consumption. Not necessarily and a bad thing. So take for example, if in my house I'm making fried rice mm-hmm. and I realize that I want to add MSG to it, mm-hmm. that's fine. There are too many problems around. I personally have done my research and I've realized that it is not what they say it is, mm-hmm. and it is a propaganda thing. Mm-hmm. That's what I believe, and I stick by it. So when I'm making food for the people in my house, I let them know this, and then I do it. But when I'm making food for deliveries, I don't add because you don't know because I don't want any problems in my life, know. right? The sad thing is that MAG is one of the active ingredients in tomatoes. So the person who's going to come for me and say, <laughs> "Why are you using MAG in my food?" <laughs> The last time they steal your mommy do for you, there's MSG, MSG in it. <laughs> so why you come to beat me? But for my own problem, like my own personal mm-hmm. thing, I'll use it. So I'll give you a recipe, all right. But you'd leave I'll out. give you 98% of the recipe and leave out that 2%. But that 2% is not necessarily to affect the general taste of the food. What affects the general taste of the food, in my estimation, is the love. The amount of love I pour into the food I make, it comes through. A lot of people, Johnny Stone, shout out to Johnny Stone. Johnny Stone has told me that when he eats my food, he tastes the attention I gave to the food. It may not necessarily even mean that it's the best thing of the best version of that of that dish he's had, but that connection he has with the food is what makes, I think, my food stand out. Mm-hmm. Does that also apply when it comes to Bryson. writing, where um, one are people guarded by 
their things. Like, will Tolkien be upset? God rest his soul. <laughs> but if he was alive, would he be upset that maybe I'm writing a fantasy novel and then I decide to use his actual definition of orcs and build like an orc around part? That. Yeah, maybe not necessarily exactly lifting. But you took inspiration from and you did a Are lot they of... guarded about that? And if yes, why? And if no, what is the reception like? Like, how is it like? How do writers and stuff do stuff like that? Okay, I've watched probably way too many authors talk about their books. Mm-hmm. I think it depends. Like you said, the active ingredients in the things you cook really is the love and attention you put in it. Every writer or every author or every whatever has a specific kind of voice. I've realized in my very short advertising work <laughs> that after a while, when you're working for somebody, you lose that voice a little because you are trying to put somebody else's point across, not your own. So like working in a hotel. So like working in a hotel. You're working with like a a fixed recipe. Exactly. You can't, especially if you're working for a chef and the chef says, don't change this. You lose your own sort of unique voice a bit. But when it comes to authors who write in general, Mm -hmm. it really, really depends. Some authors don't really mind at all. They are very... I watched an interview with Tolkien's children one of Tolkien's children, the one who sort of has the rights over the estates and everything. And he thinks that it's really, really cool the way fantasy has grown around Tolkien. His, yeah, his stuff. Exactly. It's a legacy that you can't like... 20, 30, 40 years from now, people are still going to be talking about Tolkien because of, not just because of the work itself, but the things that that work has inspired. You understand? Yeah, I see what you mean. Exactly. So it's... I haven't really seen or watched an interview or listened to an interview with an author and the author goes, oh no, this dude copied exactly what I did and that sucks because stories are always going to seem slightly similar to each other because the world, the, the life we are living are slightly similar to each other in some minute kind of way. So stories, that's why at the beginning they always tell you these names and what, 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 what aren't um, related to the some names or something in real life. You get it? Because mm. it's similar. It might be like, actually, this life, I feel like I've lived this life before, but it's not exactly. I haven't really come across an author who's been like, nah, this nigga stole my shit, so die. <laughs> like, nah, I've never really okay. met somebody like that. So, um, in the same way people do, um, like, pick from bad places, like, from places. Uh-huh. My problem with, um, I don't, I don't mean to step on anybody's toes. This is like this is very personal for me. Like <laughs> one of the things that really is close to my yes. heart. I feel a certain amount of ownership for the food I make. Mm-hmm. I try very hard to never replicate a recipe. What I do is I use the recipe as like a guideline, right? Mm-hmm. I pick the recipe as a guideline and then work around, around it. it. So I'm, I'm someone who does not believe in. My mother made the food this way. That's how you do it. Mm. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I'm saying? So because of that, my rice dishes taste entirely different. They do. From the general food mm-hmm. that people but make. people make. Until I found a way of reconciling my jollof with Ghanaian jollof. Mm-hmm. Church and cab did not particularly like my jollof. Mm. I was in love with your jollof. You're in love with everything. <laughs> but 
No, no, no. You are in love with you are in love with the jollof now, but then like mangoes times. Oh, okay. <sighs> mm. I mean, about it's nice, but but there's something missing. Exactly, and so I was able to reconcile my ideas yeah, with, with it. it. Yeah, and then it tasted familiar, but it was a totally different thing. And so I was able to do that. How does a writer? Because my took trial and error fighting with myself understanding myself does that does that also happen in terms of writing like okay. yeah i don't know i don't so really I understand know your question um again if there are any writers who are listening to this please you are allowed to write your own long thoughts out whatever to any of the questions i'm answering but let's say for instance for me i love fantasy again sorry and I feel like as much as there are a lot of fantasy stories out there, there aren't any that are specifically African. So when I grew up reading, all my fantasy ideals were foreign. Western. Western. Oriel. Thank you. <laughs> and I didn't see anything particularly wrong with that until I started reading a bit wider. And I realized that, ah, a lot of the things they are writing about are based off Western folk tales. But for them, they are more folk tales than they ever were before because they have such a distance between their local culture and where they are now. A lot of modernization has happened in between. Mm-hmm. But they are able to go back, pick up folk tales, turn it around and give you something different. But it still feels like I've heard the story before. And I feel like it has started a little bit, but I feel like when we get to the point, Africa gets to the point where we can write African fantasy and the gods are our kind of gods and the punishments are our kind of punishments and the trials are our kind of trials, then I would feel like, oh, I, I feel it's relatable. I can get this. You get it? So so that's the direction you want to pursue. Yeah, that's the direction that's, I want to pursue. That's, but is that but a I common have, thing? Like as in an author deciding that this is my way and I'm going to go with it whether your father likes it or not. Yes. Stephanie Meyer. <laughs> okay. Every no, let's be honest. Everybody laughed apart from we the kids who were reading it, everybody laughed at it. Everybody. They said it is a sparkly vampire who walks into a distinct and he shines. The Migos vampires. <laughs> Actually them hey, the Migos them the drip. Oh my god. <laughs> Like, like and when it became a movie, it became even the mockery was even worse. It, it and was, Stephanie Meyer, honestly, said, the depiction of their their drip in the movie was shit. Like it was it was disgusting. And they were very sparkling. They looked like rice krispies. Yeah, it was terrible. Sorry, but <laughs> <laughs> like when I think about it, it's just it was just so bad. But Stephanie Meyer said, "Screw you! This is how I'm going to make my money," and this is, and that's exactly how she made her money. Granted, it was, uh, what do you call it? It was a fan fiction to begin with and it was a whole thing. But like she said, legitimately. And it, it wasn't exactly something new she had done either. A love triangle between a vampire and a werewolf is not a new idea. Or somebody living, or a young person being in love with a vampire. It's not a new idea. It is not at all. Her character is not, Bella is not exactly the strongest protagonist in the world. She's... As a character, she's kind of annoying. Mm-hmm. Like, you literally want to smack her across the face. You mm-hmm. get it? Mm-hmm. But she said, okay, I like this idea. 
I'm going to fit this story in it, and I'm going to make my money this way. And she made her money that way. Mm-hmm. They are. You can go back quite a bit and historically and charter because I think Shakespeare was at his time a little controversial because the stories he wrote weren't exactly the things we wanted to see in theater. But he also said, screw you, this I'm going to make my money. And fair enough, he didn't make as much recognition when he was alive, but yay for that legacy, I guess. <laughs> okay. So <clears throat> in that light where you say things are familiar, mm-hmm. I think if I was to relate that to food, I'd mm-hmm. say jollof, mm-hmm. jambalaya, paella. Why do you keep saying paella? You see... <laughs> or risotto. Risotto and paella, I'll put them together, right? Mm-hmm. So let's do with risotto. Risotto and paella, they are not exactly dry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they are not dry. They risotto are is actually creamy and mushy. Paella is a little dry, but it's, if I give a Ghanaian person paella, they may tell me that in is it's soggy. It's soggy. That's what someone would tell me. Like, like it, hasn't, it hasn't finished cooking. But that, if you cook paella and risotto with the right rice mm-hmm. you won't tell me soggy because the rice as much water? as it's mushy it's not soggy the rice that's the texture for the rice mm-hmm. and it's been put in like some kind of sauce it, will, it won't dry out and become the rices we have been eating yeah. out here right so that's paella and risotto on the side they use short green rice mm-hmm. which has more starch so but Jollof, jambalaya, um, biryani. Biryani, yes. Pilaf. Is it pilaf? I think so. Correct me if I think it's pilaf. Let me just, on, on a side note, please, Kobe, when you listen to this <laughs> this um, podcast, can you please tell us your biryani experience on, like, tag the accounts and tell us your biryani experience. He has a very interesting biryani. He didn't okay. like it. Okay. <laughs> so, but yeah, he just let us know. Yeah, but when you, when you look at... Wow, when you look at those things, mm-hmm. as somebody who has studied them as elementally as possible, mm-hmm. they are kind of the same dish. <laughs> hear me kind out. Of. Hear me out. Okay, they are the same dish. Mm-hmm. They just have a, a different flavor profile. It basically is rice cooked in some kind Sauce? of Steel. concentrated flavor solution. What? That's basically what it is. Okay. And allowed for the water to evaporate and then the rice is coated what is left. So for us, that's stew. For us, that's, um, I think it's called ubata. Yeah. It's called, say what now? Ubata. I'm not sure. It's Nigerian. Uh-huh. It's the um, the stew we make out of onions, tomato, pepper. Oh, okay. okay. And I, mean, I, I personally want to document the Holy Trinity in Ghanaian food. Tomatoes, onions, and peppers, like habaneros. Yes. I want to create the way there's sofrito and there's mirepoix. Yeah. I want to create a one for. Us. I want to create one for either Ghana or Sub-Saharan Africa. So if someone knows, almost all way, our dishes. Yeah, if someone knows a way for me to do that, please hit me up. If you have any nice ideas too for naming, let me know and let's 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 try and document some of our food culture. But as we said, the point like mm-hmm. it's rice in stew. Yes. Right. Uh, which one? Biryani. Biryani is rice in some kind. It's not a stew. It's a it's a saffron thing. It's not thing. water. Okay. 
is a, like I said, it's a flavored solution, Absolutely. and there's a way they do it. And then I think they cook it to an extent, and they sprinkle the saffron on, like, and then it gets. It's every yes. region has a different way of making their biryani, but it's not plain rice. Mm-hmm. It's rice which has been elevated by some form of seasoning or flavoring. Mm-hmm. Jambalaya is about the same thing. Mm-hmm. I actually was on a podcast for. Kayla, with Kayla. Remember Kayla? Yeah. She's gone to the pop-ups. Mm-hmm. When a podcast about potentially tracing Jambalaya to West, um, Africa? West African roots and it's, it's a little complicated. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it wasn't from Ghanaian roots. I think it was more of Senegalese and stuff. But all I'm trying to say that I've talked plenty is that <laughs> the same way she said all stories may seem similar. Like somehow you read and like, to some extent, this feels like my life. Yes. I think some way, somehow, it translates into our food in the sense that some way, someone, someone goes like, actually, the rice cry, the plain rice, I'm tired of the plain rice. Let me just add this thing that I like to it. Experimentation. So basically, cooking the rice in a different medium. To me, mm-hmm. watch, it and, watch it and jollof are the same. Elementally. Okay. They are both rice dishes cooked in an elevated liquid solution. But except one has beans. Well, you can add beans to jollof. So, I've had that. It wasn't bad at all. And in the same... So, for me, I found a way of merging things that way. Rice and peas. Mm-hmm. Same thing. Rice and peas is done with... Like, they use habaneros and other things. Uh, uh, wait, rice Scotch and peas bonnet. is not rice and peas? No, rice and peas is like wache... But it's made with <laughs> coconut milk and scotch bonnet pepper and juniper berries and like they they really go all out on it and they cook it in coconut. So what I was saying was the best version of those two dishes mm-hmm. will be watching cooked as rice and peas. So you make the initial water with the sorghum leaves, get all that color inside, get the canway to go into the beans to get that texture that we want, mm. but then. Amplify it with the West Indian flavors, with the the uh, Scotch bonnets, the juniper berries. Get those into it so that it will taste like a jollof, which is jollof and water together. And cook it with the coconut milk. Do you know what this sounds like? Me saying that I want a fancy story, but that has basically African settings, African gods, African shrines and shit, like all of that. I want. I don't. I don't want to see a god. I don't want. I don't want to read a book. I don't want to read a book and then it is what the man is in a castle. We don't have castles out here. Like Yeah, we got we got we got hats. Exactly. Like I want a relatable yeah. fancy story. I mm. aim to create a relatable fancy story, but like that's a long term goal. Long term goal. Yeah. Ha! <sighs> We've but had a lot of fun. I personally have had a lot of yeah, fun. Yeah, this this has been, I think we'll do more of this where it shouldn't always be us talking about food. I mean, we have made our relation with food, but today has been more about you, about, more about your world, the world yes. that I don't really understand much about, but I, I like to learn a little about mm-hmm. once in a while. So thank you for sharing today. You, you try today. You spoiled thank it. you. Thank you. You spoiled it. Oh. <laughs> We've done a lot of talking today. So recipe. Yes. Today is a rice salad. It, 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 it sounds odd. Yes, it yeah. sounds, <laughs> sounds, sounds so odd. But yes, it's a rice salad. It's, it's, a, so it's a vibe. We do know that it, it sounds odd, but Chef says we should trust him. It's yeah. a vibe. <laughs> so this dish is inspired by a Mediterranean couscous salad. Yeah, so um, like I said, universal flavor um, acceptor. <laughs> the other thing I like to treat that way is couscous. So I, I did a couscous salad, which I enjoyed. 
I think I've done it for deliveries before, Seth. Yeah. Yeah, like, I like couscous salad. So I tried, I, the first time I attempted this, I uh, did it in the fritter competition. Mm-hmm. And I had to, where I was going to make a couscous salad. Mm-hmm. And then they took uh, carbohydrates from us and gave us rice. Mm-hmm. So I came up with a rice salad. And all the judges liked it. So mm-hmm. I felt like it's something I should share with okay. you guys. Yeah. So the ingredients you will need are day-old rice. When you say day-old rice, you mean rice cooked the day before? Yeah. Okay. So day-old rice, a knob of chili butter or chili oil. So chili butter is basically um, butter infused with some kind of chili, mm-hmm. basically. Um, radishes, red onions, carrots, red and green bell peppers, sweet corn, Lebanese cucumber, apple cider vinegar, honey, Dijon mustard, salt, and sunflower oil. I, I use sunflower oil because it's light. I don't want it to be too dense when I make my dressing. Okay. Yeah. So the process. First, clean and cut your vegetables in whichever way you prefer. We usually cut our uh, carrots, onions, and bell peppers into thin strips or we julienne them. Yeah. Um, you cut the radishes into thin discuses or thin discs. Thin discs. Ugh. This thin girl disc. said discuses. Ha! <laughs> I did die. I saw discus. Like, like a discus that you throw. <laughs> <laughs> ah, okay, okay, okay. I see what you exactly. mean. Exactly. Char and slice off the kernels of corn. Um, so next, you make a simple pickle solution of apple cider vinegar, hot water, salt, and sugar. Add in onions, carrots, and cucumbers. Cover and allow to sit. So basically, what you're doing is you're pickling. You're adding acid as an element to these vegetables. You are doing. We are doing a quick pickle. You are not going to let it sit overnight because you are not trying to develop any real flavors. That's why we didn't put any extra aromatics. It's just to get an acidic vibe too the vegetables okay saute date the day old rice for a minute in the chili oil or butter for about a minute to bring it back to life and then pour into your salad bowl to cool yeah. whisk together your apple cider vinegar lime juice honey dijon mustard and salt when it comes to uniform consistency drizzle in sunflower oil little by little while whisking continue this process till you come to the consistency of pancake syrup that's your dressing. So what you just created is your dressing. Yeah, that's now, a that's a um, what lime um, honey lime vinaigrette. Honey lime. Okay, so that's a honey lime vinaigrette. Yeah. Now strain your pickled vegetables. Add all the vegetables into the rice and mix to form a homogeneous mixture. Serve with the side of the dressing, so whoever you're serving can use the quantity they want. And that's yeah. about it. Um, I decided, I realized that I've been doing a lot of meat recipes, so this is uh, purely... More vegan. I don't know. Okay, so when, if you are vegan, you should use chili oil. But everything else is, yeah, vegan. So vegan or vegetarian, so that you can eat this on one of the days where you don't want to eat meat. I'm trying to do that more these days. So yeah, I'm going to start playing basketball and stuff. Community, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, they need they need some good food to (laughs) to keep them. I actually actually respect what they do. I don't think I'll be able to do it, but I respect the initiative they're on. Ah, Okay, so that's it for today. Yeah, this has been fun. So we'll be doing more of this where someone also gets to share or hear. She's very smart. Like you guys have no idea how she always. It always seems like she's like my assistant. Like there's a reason why I call her madam. She's like it's it's crazy. <laughs> so we'll do more of this. She has other um, interest in music and other things. We'll find way of 
getting her to give us her insights on we'll other do, things. We'll do one with relation to movies or acting or all of that. And so that, so that she can nerd out. I'll be like, yeah. oh my God, she's such a nerd <laughs> Okay, yeah. so we've talked for a while. Thank you so much for staying with us till the very end. Um, follow us on our socials, the blue cheese underscore on Twitter and the blue cheese with two underscores on Instagram. Peace out. Peace out, niggas. <laughs>